You're listening to the Promised Church's message of the week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Chris Donald. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. Today um, is going to be a bit of a different day. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit uh, practically, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prophesy to you what I see coming to Longview Kelso. And what I believe that we're beginning to step into the last couple weeks um, since Belong has started. You see Belong on that Kingdom Builders um, uh, pamphlet there. That is the ministry that I came here to help create and begin. And, and the church here has responded beautifully. I'll give you some updates on that. And then we're going to go back into worship and we're going to turn this into a prayer meeting towards the end. Okay. And I, I feel at times that we have forgotten how to pray. Um, and so we're going to create space towards the end, about five to ten minutes, where we're going to collectively pray and worship and ask for the Holy Spirit to reign in Longview, Kelso, and to see hundreds, I believe, of people come to know Jesus. Amen? So Belong has launched, and it has, it's been really exciting. We've been going now for about two weeks, and I'll share a testimony a little bit later on as well. But I want to give you just a brief uh, picture of what this is and how you can get involved with what we're doing. So we are here on Tuesday. Everybody say Tuesday. Okay, so if you can join us Tuesday here, that's great. But if you have Thursday open, you can join us at the, at the Woodland Campus as well. We are there on Thursday, so we do Tuesday and Thursday. And our interns, we have an internship. You saw Whitney. We have Zach. I don't know if I see any of other interns here. Um, but, but we gather right here at 1 p.m., and we pray, and then we go out into the community for about four hours. I believe we went to around over 100-plus doors already in Longview, and we have a plan over the next six months to hit hundreds, I believe, if not thousands of doors. We, we, we went to Woodland. We had a little bit more focused time. I believe that we did close to 240 doors on Thursday. That's cool. I, I love one testimony that Johnny shared. He said that they went to a door, and, and this, this young adult girl answered it and said, do you guys believe in aliens? And they're like, No. Like she was thinking that they were part of some weird cult or maybe a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness. And they're like, no, we're Christians. Like we believe that Jesus is God. Just so you know, Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses don't believe that Jesus is God. But he has to be God to save the world. 100% God, 100% man. And she goes, this is crazy. I've never had a Christian come to my door before. Well, here we are. Right? It's so, it's so awesome. Plus, we're going out and we're doing other forms of evangelism. I spoke a message here entitled a few weeks back, if not a few months back, entitled The Original Call Never Changed. And when we begin to speak about outreach, many people zone out. Because you think, I'm not, out, I'm not an outreach person. I'm a worship person. I'm a prayer person. I'm a this person. I'm a that person. I'm scared. Let's put that in there as well. And so we, 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 we label outreach people as one thing, but I want to bring to your remembrance that message that the original call never changed, and we're called to go and make disciples. So as a believer in Jesus, Jesus says, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men, right? And if we actively follow Jesus, we will think what he thinks, and he came to seek and to save the lost, and the original call never changed. So it's not an outreach thing, it's a great commission thing, and it's what we're called to do as believers in the body of Christ. Now, I believe, and I've said this here multiple times, I believe that you can be saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, um, and on your way to heaven and be a nice person, and absolutely miss the missional call of God on your life. Would it not be a bummer to get to heaven? And to realize that the kingdom of God was inside of you. And you could have advanced the kingdom of God by healing the sick, casting out demons, uh, cleansing the leopard, and preaching, and preaching the gospel, and seeing a city one to Jesus, but you just sat on your hands. Because ultimately, uh, you guys know me good enough now, you're scared. So we're going to get over fear. Fear is a spirit. Right? The Lord has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind or self control. By the way, self control is a fruit of the spirit. 
Okay, And so oftentimes, we don't step into what we're called to because fear holds us back. Many people don't go to a charismatic Pentecostal filled with the fire of God church because they're scared. They're scared that God may ask them to do something or that they may have to step outside of their comfort zone or something may be said that challenges them. As for me, I want to live in a place where I'm challenged because I want to be used by God. Amen? You guys okay? You're looking at me. You're trying to figure me out right now. I'm not coming to you as an evangelist. I'm coming to you more as an apostolic father reminding you of what the call is to go and make disciples. It does not say to sit on your sitter and they'll come. We actively go and make disciples as you go. We're making disciples. It's what we're called to do. And by the way, we are still following Jesus today. And Jesus is still doing the same thing today. We're not following a stained glass Jesus or a distant God. He actively lives in us by his spirit. And we are called to follow him. And if we are following him, we will think like him and we will do what he does. Now, I know that not everybody can come on Tuesday nor come on Thursday, but we also have youth ministry. We have young adult ministry. We have the promise kids ministry, which is awesome. We have tribe. We have all of these other places that you can volunteer and use your life to advance the kingdom of God. You can join a group. There's many different things that you can do, but I I do believe that specifically um, the ministry of belong will catapult you or accelerate you into making disciples. I really do believe that. What's so great is, is that you'll come and we have confident ones that will go out with you uh, even when you're scared. So like if you come on Tuesday night at 630, we're going to spend time in prayer. We're going to equip you. And then we have confident ones that will take you scared door to door or out on the street or to Safeway to share your faith. You can go scared. By the way, you'll go scared because fear is not going to leave until you go. Right, you, you could pray and pray and pray, but until you go, you will not grow and you will not truly know. So don't wait until you're fearless because you're gonna remain in fear until you go and the Holy Spirit actively clothes you and that's called faith. Okay, and we're not called to do this on our own. That's why we spend 30 minutes in prayer. If you come, we're going to spend time in prayer and we're going to seek God and the power of God's going to come in that room. And then we're going to send you out with confident ones and you can just watch. Like you can even stay back 10 feet, you, maybe even 12 feet. I'm still contagious at 14 feet, but just, just so you know, I was, I'm a super spreader when it comes to the gospel. And so even people with face shields, the gospel goes right through face shields and gets people saved. It's awesome. I love you, man. It's good to see you, Ocean. You look amazing, by the way. And so, so you know, you can just stand back and watch. The moment you see it, then you can step out and you uh, can begin to step into what God has called you to do. And even if you just come once or twice, if you can't set aside every Tuesday, we totally get it. Just come and be activated. So we do prayer from 6.30 to 7. We go on outreach at 7 and we say, hey, go to 10 Homes. We've got a cool app that tracks where you're at and where you're going so we can see real time how many homes we've hit here in Longview, Kelso. And then there's those like Whitney who invited somebody and instead of Whitney going on outreach, she stays back and does the belong gathering. So this week, right here in this room, we had six brand new people come to our church on a Tuesday. A couple of them we met that day. There was a Mormon lady that we met at her home and she came for the first time and she went through the discipleship book. She's reading the word of God. She was getting excited. There was another guy um, that, that came Uh, I believe he's come to the church a few times and he was born again at the discipleship gathering. So we had six brand new people come into our church on Tuesday, and you can be a part of that. So we're looking to, we have about 25 or 30 people that are coming at 6.30. The downstairs prayer room is packed, and it gets kind of sweaty in all the right ways, right? So it's packed down there. But, but we want to continue to build that team. And so if you want to join our Belong ministry, 
you are invited. But listen, if you're here and you can't, you have commitments, you have sports, you have other things that are going on in life, I totally get it. Just begin to think about people that you could invite and you can bring them with you just at 7 p.m. to the Belong Gathering. So as you are out, now you have more places to invite people than just church on Sunday. You can invite them Tuesday here or Thursday in Woodland. Does that sound good? Okay, we're going to see, I believe, hundreds of people born again. I believe it. And you can actively be a part in it by praying with us and by actively engaging people. Even if you cannot come to anything on Tuesday, just begin to invite people to come here on Tuesday night. Okay, I was in, you see on that, there's a lot of things I'm connected to on that um, that Kingdom Builders thing. I was just in in the Middle East in Iraq. We were in Nineveh, which was pretty cool. You guys know the story of Jonah and the and and, and the big giant fish. So I was actually at the location where Jonah sat after he told the city to repent. Where he sat and complained, and we began to share the gospel with about three or four people, and about 35 people gathered around us. And I walked up on top of the mound, and there was about 85 people up there as we were praying for people, as we were sharing the gospel. It was an incredible experience. If you want to see pictures, you can go on 33rd Company uh, on our Instagram, or you can go on my Instagram page. You can see testimonies. We also got into a mosque to preach the G to, to preach. Jesus? Is that cool? It was awesome. We went to a place called the Triangle of Death. Doesn't that just sound encouraging? Um, so so we, we went to a place called the Triangle of Death, and um, it, it was three cities when ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all that was happening. There. It was one of the most dangerous places that still has that reputation to this day, and there was a mosque there. We went there, and, we, and I was able to share my testimony. Somebody preached the gospel, and then I remained in the mosque, and there were two ladies that couldn't see. Uh, their eyes were blurred and we prayed for them after the gospel was preached and both of them received clearness in their sight and one of the ladies said she could see for the first time in two years. Isn't that awesome? Come on. I want to see that happen in Longview. I have the same drive and passion to see blind eyes open in Longview as I do in Nineveh or the Triangle of Death or Baghdad. Right. One funny story for you before we get started. I was supposed to fly into um, Baghdad from Seattle to Baghdad, uh, but they told me that I couldn't because I wasn't vaccinated there. I'm holding out. OK, so I haven't been vaccinated yet. And I've, I'm indifferent on the whole thing. I'm just an American and I don't want to be. I got one right. And but I have no problem. Many people in my family are. It's to me. It's not a it's not, I'm indifferent. I'm just stubborn. And so they tell me that I can't fly into Baghdad, but I can fly into Erbil. That makes total sense. Like the whole world makes so much sense right now, right? So I can't fly into there, but I can fly into here an hour away and then catch an airplane to there. Perfect. So I had a 24-hour delay, and, and then I land in the Baghdad airport. And the day that I land in the airport, just, you know, just common, just six missiles, you know, hit an airplane and, and are shot towards the airport. Makes total sense. And Iraq is proud to say that not one airplane uh, was delayed. Are, are you tracking with me? So I can't fly in because of Omicron, but meanwhile, six missiles are, are, are shot at the airport and they're happy to say that not one, we're just moving your flight from gate 33 to gate 34 as a missile has hit gate 33. Yeah, right? It's just like, the world that we now live in. And so we had to go back to that airport like four hours, uh, four days later. And we're sitting there like, are we going to see missiles? Like shoot across. Like, it's pretty funny. Some of you are freaking out, but when you're in the will of God and you understand that you could, you know what I mean? If you're in the will of God, you're safe. I don't feel, I feel more safe there than anywhere else because God's told me to go there. Amen. Isn't that kind of funny? Yeah, I just, I love it. Other, uh, like if that happened in America, every airport would shut down for like five weeks. There it's like, yeah, okay, let's just keep flying. Let's just keep doing what we do. Okay, so I'm actually going to have, he doesn't know this, but I'm going to have Zach come up real quick. Come on up. He's looking at me like he's going to kill me, but praise God, he's not. Okay, so um, I'm just going to have him take a minute or two to share with you his experience over the last two weeks um, of, of going out and of sharing his faith 
which is new to him as well as what it will be to many of you, to encourage you to come out and to join us on Tuesday or Thursday night. Uh, hi, guys. So two weeks ago, I started on Tuesday. I started on Tuesday here in Longview, and I was scared to death. Uh, we got out there. Uh, we were with Johnny, the intern. We talked to one lady, and we saw a guy save the very next person that, that we talked to. Like, it was, that, it was that easy. We didn't have to. We, it's, not, it's not us. We just follow the Holy Spirit. And he takes us exactly to where we need to go, and he puts the words in our mouth, and we speak exactly what we need to speak. Uh, this week, uh, it was just easier. Everything was easier. We got out there. We talked to people. It's a little bit more... Uh, uh, just natural. The gospel just kind of flows out of you. You're not trying. You're not trying anymore, which is which is really the, the best thing. Um, what would be your encouragement to them? It it's going to be scary. You might get out there, and somebody might laugh right in your face. It's already happened to me last week, and now it's just it's over with. It's not that big of a deal, you know. <laughs> you know, you get laughed in the face, and and you move on. And there's there's gonna be there's gonna be something way better to see after that. Yep. Amen. Great job, man. So proud of these guys. I mean, who gives up three days, two of them, just to walk around a city and share Jesus with people? Isn't that awesome? We have nine, actually ten people that are missionaries to Longview and Woodland, Washington. And it's going to be amazing to see what happens. And we want to invite those even that would want to come at 1 p.m. and join us here in the weeks to come. You're more than welcome to come at 1 and join us and go out twice if you would like to. So the title of this message this morning is called A Supernatural Catch. Can you say that? Say Supernatural Catch. Come on, say it like a preacher. That was a really bad preacher. Let's try one more time. That was better. I heard that over here. I'm, I'm feeling that. Okay. So, man, if, if I preach like that, you guys will quit coming to church. Okay. So, um, a supernatural catch. This is more of a prophetic word and an exhortation to the promised church. I preached this message in Longview. I mean, sorry, in Woodland already. And, um, and, and I believe that it's, it's a message for our house and what we are about ready to step into. Now, you may have heard this story, but I feel it's important to share it again. The first time that Pastor Aaron and I, you guys know Pastor Aaron? Okay, uh, Pastor Aaron and I, when we went to Iraq the first time, uh, we met, or sorry, the second time, we met a man named Leo. Now, Leo, um, his wife, just to, to recap the story quickly, his wife had a, had a dream where Jesus appeared to her and said three things. I am the son of God. Okay, you've you probably heard this story before. Uh, and then he, he said, obey me. And then he said, tell others about me. Right. So he is the son of God. He is God. That is his identity. Obedience is our identity. If you want to know the identity message, obey Christ. He created you. He knows what's best for you and it will be the most fulfilling life. So we obey him and then we tell others about him. That's what our missional call in life is. I just love it. It's simple. And so she began to tell her husband and her husband was already hungry for the things of God. And he was actually in a, in a prayer gathering with David Papavisi, who we support here at the Promise Church. And David was laying hands on him. And when he was praying for him, uh, Leo heard a voice say, I am the son of God, audible voice of God. I am the son of God. Obey me and tell others about me. Okay. Two years went by, and he did not share his faith one time. He was scared, okay? And so we come into town, and we're equipping these Muslim uh, background believers in evangelism. And uh, Pastor Aaron, who loves to connect me with other people, and to, to make other people uncomfortable, uh, he says, you're going to go with Chris. And so we went out on the street. And when we went out on the street, uh, he was translating for me, and he was happy to translate for me. And then I said, and now my friend's going to share his faith, if you remember the story. And uh, he looked at me, and he said, what? Are you trying to get me killed? And then we got in an argument, even though we were trying to share our faith, because he did not want to share his testimony of how Jesus spoke to him. And as the conversation continued, where we got into a verbal argument, they're probably wondering what the heck is going on. I said, did God not tell you? 
And he stopped and he goes, God did speak to me. I said, if God spoke to you, do you not believe that God will protect you and empower you? And he turned around and he shared his faith for the first time in public. And then we couldn't make him be quiet. Because it's my job to get you started, but once you get started, you'll never stop. Because you realize that fear is a lie. It's a demonic spirit. And when you feel fear, you step through it and you rescue the person out of darkness. And you get to help them transfer into the kingdom of his dear son. Right? So fear is such a liar. Now, we hear these stories and we think, why can we not have an encounter with God in this way? Right. Well, number one is, is when you share your faith, you're not going to die for it. Okay, you might get laughed at, but once it happens, once it's okay. I had multiple doors uh, shut very quickly in my face. Oh, you're Christian. See you later. Okay, that's about as bad as it gets in long view. Okay, now now for these guys, they could be completely removed from their families. They could be persecuted or a radical extremist Islamic uh, believer could kill them. So a little bit different, um, uh, you you know, uh, thing that they're dealing with than we are here in the States. But I, I do want you to know that we do have a word from God. So if you're sitting here and you're wondering, well, God hasn't said that to me. He said it to you. It's right here in this book. And if you read it out loud, you will hear the audible voice of God. Okay? You guys tracking with me? No. Okay. Are you, are you guys following along? Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that was your cue. Okay, perfect. So in Luke 5, verse 1, it says this. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. I love this. Maybe I'm too simple-minded. It says, while they were pressing in on him to hear the word of God. Why? Because every word that Jesus spoke was the word of God. It was God's word. So they're pressing in to hear God's word. When Jesus spoke, it was the word of God. And he was standing by the lake of Gernesset, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered him, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing but at your word. Now, we're going to come back to that in a moment. But are there any painters in the room? Anybody paint? Now, any of you guys like have a have like a paint gun? You know, when you when you stick the, the thing into a five gallon uh, can of paint it, and you got like a little wall that you got to paint and you realize that it's going to take more time to set up. Right. And to clean up than what it's going to take to actually spray the wall. So so imagine you just you just painted all day long. Right. And it wasn't that good of a day. And then Jesus, and you just picked up, it's taking you an hour to get all the pain out of the line, all those different things, and you're tired, and you want to go home, right? And he's like, hey, by the way, we're going we're gonna to do this again, but it's going to be supernatural. It's going to go really well. You're like, I'm tired. We just cleaned our nets. Can you guys just relate with this for a moment? Like, like many of us in this room, we're like, I've tried evangelism. I've done it before, and it sucks, Because I'm not good at it. By the way, I'm not good at it, but the Holy Spirit is the best at it. And yes, I just said sucks in church, all right? I told you, I'm not a professional, I'm a dairy farmer. But but here, you have God speaking, put out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing but at your word. But at your word. Now, also, you need to understand that they fished during the nighttime, not during the day. So it didn't make sense. And many people, I believe, in this time are like, this is not a time to share your faith. We still are wearing masks. We are, I mean, some of us are. We, we, we are still, which, by the way, it's like the mask mandate's going to lift in March 21st. I'm like, already lifted. <laughs> like, like, they shouldn't tell us, like, You guys okay? Are we all right? Okay, did I just offend somebody? If I offended you, I will hug you after the service and we will just pop that little masked devil out of you. Boop! It would just, 
you know, you just, it would just fly away. So, so anyway, okay, we're going to have fun today. I can tell you guys are doing all right. So, so, you know, it's like, it didn't make sense, right? And we see the political climate, we see the division and all this stuff that is happening, uh, defund the police and all, all this stuff that's going on in the world. And we're thinking this is not, like you, you approach somebody and, and Kevin can probably relate to this. As I approach people on the street lately, they think I'm gonna tell them to pull their mask up or that I'm gonna chew them out because the only time that we talk to people publicly anymore is when we're just tearing each other down. I, people are scared when I walk up to them. I'm like, hey, ex- hey, excuse me, sir. What? I'm like, I'm not, we're okay. Like, it's all right. Like, but, but, but I'm telling you, we, we think what we're seeing in the natural would tell us, hey, I'm telling you what's happening in the natural is setting the stage for the spiritual and people are hungry, people are tired and people are ready for Jesus. They really are. I'm I'm telling you, open up your eyes because the fields are white for harvest. I will let down the nets, he says. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large, say large. We're about ready to have a large number of fish. And their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. By the way, I believe that the whole church in Longview, Kelso, every church is going to be blessed that is Bible-believing. The nets are about ready to be filled because what's going to happen will not be able to be contained just in this church. So they signaled to their partners, which, by the way, will bring unity and not competition. And they came and filled both the boats so that they begin to sink. But when Simon saw it, is it all right if I preach? Do you guys want me to stay calm or do you want me to preach? Let's take a vote. Stay calm. Raise your hand. Okay, some of you are lying right now. Okay, here we go. They're like, let's see what's about ready to happen. Here we go. He says, but, but Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. O Lord, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for from now on you'll be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. The catch of fish that they had was estimated to be one ton of fish. The amount of fish is normally caught in two weeks' time. One ton, that is, a, that is a super natural catch. Now, I was in Seattle. I got delayed 24 hours because um, I needed to land when the missiles hit in Baghdad. You remember? So I got delayed 24 hours, but I don't complain. I complained for a minute, but then I got over myself. I picked up my cross and I began to follow Jesus. And I realized I'm being delayed for a purpose. I'm going to share my faith. Even though I'm by myself, I share my faith. And so I, you know, but by the way, Seattle's a little bit crazy right now. Okay, don't amen that. It's going to change in Jesus' name. And uh, they, they, they are, they, they're going crazy. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, this is not the place to, this is not, this is not going to be good. Because I'm, I'm crazy and they're crazy, just two different kinds of crazy. And so I'm talking to people and a lot of people are shutting me down, but I know that I'm there for a reason. And so the next morning I wake up and I go to get breakfast and, and this lady says to me, can I see your vaccine passport? And I said, here's my PCR test, right? Because I had that, because I had to fly out the next day. And I thought, oh, this isn't going to go well, but I begin to share with her. And over the course of about an hour and a half, this, this woman, she was about 50, kept coming to my table. At one point she sat down and said can I ask you a question she said I need to know about life after death she said I went to a couple psychics and they told me the same thing and it was kind of eerie what she was telling me I said well and, and, and I had to pay them some money I said well God sent you a prophet and it will cost you nothing and I'll tell you what his word says and so I begin to 
preached the gospel to her over an hour and a half, and she was not quite ready to receive Jesus, but she said, thank you for helping me understand you have completely changed my idea of God, and I believe that she'll be born again. Right, I got on the airplane, right, and it, it's crazy on airplanes right now. Like, I was on this airplane, and there was this little two-year-old baby, and the flight attendants were like, we're gonna kick you off the airplane, the baby's screaming, and I'm sitting a row in front of this family, Right, I'm turning around saying, hey, I'm a dad. Let that baby scream all she wants. And if anybody gives you any trouble, they got to go through me. The mom's crying. Flight attendants are freaking out. They finally give the baby an exemption. And and I'm sitting there not in the perfect environment to share my faith, right? And I begin to talk to the girl sitting next to me. And I open up my Bible to to, to, um, John chapter 3 about being born again. And at the beginning of the conversation, I said to her, are you a believer? She said, no, but I want you to know that I'm on my way back. I went to Catholic school and she begins to tell me, I begin to preach the gospel. The presence of God fills the aisle, right? She goes, I don't know what's going on, but I feel something right now. On an airplane that's chaotic, the gospel is advancing. Why am I telling you these stories? Because people are hungry and they are ready for an encounter with God. All we have to do is preach. One of our evangelists on our team, his name's Joshua, he was sharing um, with, with, with our interns, and he said that he went to a meeting, and this meeting that he was at, there was all these prophetic uh, things happening and worship happening, and he knew in this group of about 30 people that at least one of them was not saved, and he could not keep his eye off of this, uh, off this, this girl that was there. Like He's like, surely, in a house full of 30 people, at some point through this night somebody's going to share the gospel the night came to an end they prophesied over her they prayed to her prayed for her they did all these different things but nobody shared the gospel and he, he walked out because it wasn't his home gathering he walked out and the holy spirit said go back and preach the gospel he walks back in he sits down with her he shares the gospel she's born again and she's filled with the holy spirit why, why do I tell you this story? Because worship is amazing. Prophetic is amazing. The gospel gets people saved. Did you hear me? At a certain point, there's a really bad quote out there. I get what the guy was trying to say. It's a famous quote. It says, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I completely disagree. You have to use words to articulate the gospel so that men can hear what salvation is so they can respond to it. When's the last time you were out in the community and somebody came up to you and said, wow, you're so nice. I want to be born again. Even if that happened, you would have to open your mouth and articulate the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That is what we need to begin to proclaim by sharing our testimony and by simply sharing the gospel with people. And by by the way, all you church people, you know the gospel better than you think you know. It's not complicated. It's simple. You guys doing all right? Okay, point number one. We're going to go through these real quick. We have a word from God to put down our nets. Right, God sent me back home. Woodland is, is my hometown, was there 31 years before going to Texas and St. Petersburg. I'm here for another six months, I believe. Oh, God willing, whatever happens. Um, but we, 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 we came here to help the Promise Church, my church, my home church, which, which I, I help lead to create a net. Because if we create a net, God can fill it. If we don't have a net, God can't fill it. Right? He said, put out your nets. And Peter's like, hey, I don't have any. What's he going to use to fill? So it's our job to create a net. So we have a word from God to put down our nets. In Matthew 4, verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Right? So so we have a word from God. I know it's not like Leo and his wife, but you have a word from God that says, go and make disciples. If you're a born again believer, you have the same responsibility as I do. It's the same. It's actually just my job to equip you to do the work of ministry. If you believe that, say amen. Number two is, have you had a but at your word moment? 
Have you had that moment, right? And so many of us, will, like, let, let me say it this way. I could ask, if, if I went into a congregation of, let's say that the whole Promise Church was get together, and we had 900 people there, and I said, how many of you believe that the original call never changed, and how many of you believe that you're called to make disciples? 95% of people would raise their hand. Yep, we believe that. Then my next question would be, how many of you guys have actively done something with that this month? Then we'd have a different response. We'd have a different response. And then if you took that, I believe that 15, 20%, 30% maybe in the promised church, but if you take that to a Bible-believing church in the Bible Belt and you ask that question, you might have zero. Okay, and I'm speaking to the body of Christ at large in America. So have you had your butt at your word moment? I spoke a message here. If you haven't listened to it, you can go on the podcast or on YouTube and look up Go, Grow, and Truly Know. Have you had that moment when you said, okay, Lord, but at your word, I'll push through my fear. But at your word, I'll change my schedule. But at your word, I'll be obedient to do what you've called me to do. But at your word, have you had a but at your word moment. Peter and John did. They went up together to the temple in Acts 3 verse 1 at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us, So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, this world system I do not have, nor does it have me. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They had a but at your word, Lord, moment. They had it. You have the kingdom of heaven in you. All you have to do is step out and believe. Most assuredly, in John 4, 12, it says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 14, oh, sorry, I don't know why that's in there twice, but it is. I'm not going to read it again. You heard it the first time. It's, it's important for us to understand that the kingdom of God, like what I was sharing this morning, we're not studying the book of Acts. And if the worship team wants to come, that would be great. We're not studying the book of Acts just to study it, to have another Bible study. We are studying the book of Acts for it to transform our lives, for us to believe that we're called to do the same thing. I believe when I look at you that you are called to do the same thing that Peter and John did. But we have been conditioned in the Western church to believe that they are super saints and that we are not. Because celebrity Christianity is crushing kingdom activity. It's true. It's true. It's so true that celeb- this idea of ce- this celebrity idea and concept that we have in the West has robbed us of kingdom Activity, if you could just begin to play the keys behind me softly, that would be awesome. Number three is this. So number one is, is you have a word from God. Number two is, is have you had a but at your word moment, which I believe can be this week, even if you don't come on Tuesday and Thursday, you could just simply step out this week one time and say, Jesus loves you and run away. Like take it from God bless you because that's not offensive. God bless you, but it's like, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Jesus blesses you. That will start a war in the spirit. Just change it. Say, Jesus loves you. See what happens. So a supernatural catch is coming. Uh, This last week, will you guys stand with me? This last week we were in in Woodland and and, uh, Johnny and Matthew, they went out uh, door to door and they came to the first home and they were kind of open they came to the second door and and they were not open and and they they got the door slammed in their face and they got told off but they came to the third door and there was a man there named Mark Mark's probably in his mid 60s 
And they begin to share with Mark, who really in his life had never been to church, never uh, had any, any like real encounter, nor was he ever born again. They begin to share with him. He had read the Bible one time just to read it. And they begin to share with him. And Mark was born again at around 3 p.m. Come on. On a Thursday. That night we, we go to Belong and we and we and we send out, you know, people at seven, about seven fifteen, people go out on the street and I come down into the Belong gathering that night and my team's looking at me because nobody's there. Now only one time in about two and a half years is not one person come to Belong. Right? And so, and that one time that that happened, we turned it into a prayer meeting. We begin to pray and we begin to ask God to come and, 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 to, and, to, and to really bring in the lost in, in, into the church. And then from that moment on, we've always had at least one person. And so we're there, we're about ready to get on our knees to begin to pray. And all of a sudden the door opens and Mark, who was born again at 3 p.m., walks into the church and he sits down with our group of people and we begin to minister life to him. And then they broke out into groups and they gave him a Bible and he took a purple book and, and he began to read in chapter two about lordship and obedience. And I walked by the table as he was reading the passage of scripture where Jesus says, he was reading it, Mark was reading it out loud, where he says, he who believes and obeys is a man who builds his house on a rock. And I almost lost it. I thought I will do everything that I do for the one. There's a supernatural catch coming. There's another testimony that I was out. I felt led to go to a certain apartment complex and we had knocked on a bunch of doors and we were standing in front of a different door and, and we were knocking and nobody was coming to the door and I was looking at a text message that came in 19 minutes ago. I just remember seeing 19 and, and, and I was reading it and it said uh, from two ladies in our church that are not interns that, that, that just love Jesus and it was a text saying, please pray for Nathan. We just talked to him a little while ago. So I'm looking at the text. I didn't even open it up. I'm just glancing at it on my phone. And the door that we didn't even knock on opens up beside us. I need you to listen to this, church. And a guy steps out. I said, hey, man, we're just going door to door. I put my phone down. I said, we just want you to know that Jesus loves you. And can we pray for you? Can we share the gospel with you? He says, are you from the Promise Church? I said, yeah. Is your name Nathan? Would you believe it that God by his spirit led us right to that door? And there I am. I took a picture with him and I said, look it, they asked that I could pray for you. And God sent me in a city of about 7,500 right to your door. And the moment I was reading the text and his eyes got really big. And you want to know what he said? He said, I give you my word that I'll be there on Thursday night. He said, he's not ready to be born again at this moment because he doesn't understand forgiveness and the blood of Jesus yet and how good it is. But he said, I will be there. And I believe that Nathan will be sitting next to Mark and Nathan will be born again on Friday. And there's going to be many more that come because there is a supernatural catch. Even though it doesn't seem right, even though you would think that people would shun you and push you away from their doors, there are people all over our cities that are ready to have an encounter with God. And all we have to do is engage with the Holy Spirit and partner and co-labor with Him. That's just two. That was the first time we ministered in Woodland since our intern started and we saw one person saved. What if every week we saw one person saved? In a month, that would be four people. In two months, that would be eight people. That is more people saved than most churches. The average church size in America is 100 to 120, and they maybe see one salvation a year. That is most than than most churches in America ever see in two or three years. Open up your eyes, for the fields are white for harvest. And there is a supernatural catch that's coming. All you have to do is at the word of God, put out your net, share the gospel, go with the gospel, share your testimony, invite people to belong, invite people to church, and God's going to come and he is going to save this city. I believe we're going to see hundreds of people in this city over the next year saved. And I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to lay your head on your, on your pillow at night and go, wow, what an amazing day. Salvation, 
Salvation happened today. Healing happened today. Deliverance happened today. I believe that it's happening now. We just simply have to step into it. We don't even need to pray for it. We need to believe the word of God and step into it. So often we think we're going to pray for revival. And I, and I get prayer and we pray often. But I believe that God's saying, why don't you open your mouth and have a revival? Why don't you believe me? Why don't you believe me at my word and have a but at your word moment and step out and have a revival? Why don't we start a revival? I don't believe that revivals start when we set up a tent and have an old Pentecostal sign that says revival July 23rd. That's not how it happens. It happens when we go and we make disciples and we preach the gospel and a city hears about a king and people begin to be saved. People begin to be filled with the Holy Spirit. People begin to be water baptized. But that means that something in your life has to shift. That means something in your life has to change. Because if you haven't made a disciple in the past year, what makes you think you're going to make one this year if you don't change something? So we got to shift. We got to change. And, and what I'm asking today as we go into this song, I'm asking that you would be open to being used by God. I don't know what that looks like for you. It, right? For, for one of our interns named Lauren, she uh, spent three years ministering to a friend at work. And she was nice to this friend and sowed seeds into this friend's heart. And, and this friend's in upstate New York. And she called her and she, she simply shared the gospel this week because she she was stirred by Josh's testimony and she shared the gospel and her friend was born again. This is what it looks like. It doesn't mean you come to belong. It doesn't mean that you pray with us and go on outreach with us. It means that you actively partner with God and ask God, God, what can I do this week? What can I do this day to partner with you to go and to make disciples? I'm not trying to fit you into a box. I'm not trying to make you do something. What I'm saying is, will you for a moment today repent for your unbelief, repent for your stubborn heart, repent for the fear that you've been entrenched in and say, God, renew my mind. God, help me see like you see. Help me understand, God, that I'm running a race and the sin and the things that so easily entangle me. God, that I'll lay those things aside and I'll say yes to you. If you pray in the Holy Spirit, I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Spirit in the room. Come on, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. This is not tongue and interpretation. This is a prayer language. When we pray in the Spirit, we are building up our most holy faith. We are unashamed of the Holy Spirit. We are unashamed of speaking in tongues and the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you pray in the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you right now. Begin to fill the room with your tongue. Begin to, begin to fill the room. Come on, you're holding back out of fear. You're holding back out of religion. You're holding back because what people may think. I don't care what anybody thinks. I let the Word of God define my life. In the book of Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell in that place and 120 people had a pillar of fire come over their head and they all began to speak in tongues and they, and they, and, and they spilled out into the street and people, there were some people that were like, wow, what is this? They were amazed and there were other people that mocked. I don't care about mockers. Mock away. I care about my God and honoring my God. If you're in this place and you pray in the Holy Spirit, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. What makes us think that we can make disciples without the Holy Ghost? Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray in this room. Begin to pray out loud in this room. We break off fear. We break off fear in Jesus' name. We break off religion in Jesus' name. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Have your way. Have your way Holy Spirit. If we can move that podium there, that would be awesome. 
We're going to go into this song for the next three minutes. I want to encourage you, if you know that fear has you entrenched, come up front, get on your knees, and begin to pray, and begin to ask God to fill you with courage. Begin to ask God to fill you with compassion. If you're here and you need breakthrough, if you're here and you need a touch from God so that you can be a bold witness, I need you to come up front right now. Come on, you're telling me, come on, this altar should be full of people. There we go. And we're going to sing this song and we're going to believe Holy Spirit is going to come over you and he's going to begin to move on your heart and God is going to begin to touch lives. Let's sing this song. Open the fly. 